and welcome back to Area 51 and a Half, where we talk about all things science fiction, fantasy, horror, and pop culture. I'm your host, Spooky Uncle John. With me, as always, are my Millennial Falcons. Snyderman 501, Nick Snyder. And Ren, a.k.a. Pyro Lily. <laughs> you sound unsure as to who you are, Ren. I forgot who I was. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Nick, remind our aliens how they can get a hold of us. Oh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter... X, Twitter X, Twix, peanut butter Twix, <laughs> Elon Musk's playground. I don't know at this point. At the Area Fifty One H, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Area Fifty One and a Half, and don't forget to check out Area Fifty One and a Half on YouTube, and of course, on our brand new Patreon page, where where you can become one of our official aliens and get some real nice goodies as well. Oh my gosh, I don't know what Mr. Musk is thinking. I don't think he knows either. Because you know what? Here's the thing. I saw that on the news tonight. It was that that's how worthy it is. It's on the news that, you know, the little birdie's gone and the X is there. And it's like, why would you, dude? Seriously, I, I love I, the birdie. I don't know. Like, and Zipper pointed this out. It sounds like an adult website. Yeah, good point. Like, why? Good point. Why? Or, or it sounds like, you know, Jason X, yeah, Fast and Furious X, Fast X, whatever. I don't know. I, Insomniax. I, I, I've, I've got my opinions on Elon Musk. None of them are very good. This is turning into a debacle, a legitimate debacle. Uh, whatever. Just... You know what? I'm not on it enough to even worry about. But I, will, I want to show you guys this. Oh, my God. I love it. This little devil is what it's called. And... Aliens, what it is, is I picked this up. It was just a fun little $5 thing. I don't drink at all, but I had to have this. It's this cute little bottle opener. Looks like a little devil, you know, all red and everything. He's got a ah, little mouth there. And what you do is you slam his little face onto the pop bottle and yoink it open. And then, then he's also a wine stopper. So you stick, it's technically his legs, but I think of it as his butt. You stick his little butt in the wine on top of it to keep it fresh. It was five bucks. I had to have it. I'll never use it, but I had to have it just because that's the cutest thing I've seen in forever. That is adorable. That is adorable. I know, right? I do love that. Uh, Nick, before we get to your roundup, I want to, I, I, this blew my mind. There is a series on history. Right. Right. And it's the foods that built America. It is one of the most fascinating docu-series you'd ever you'd ever want to, to watch. It's yeah. just amazing at how long some of these companies like they were established like in the Victorian times almost, right? It's it's just amazing how long some of these companies and some of these foods have been around. So it's it's really cool. Let me ask you, what did you have for breakfast this morning? McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry. Typically, what would you normally have for breakfast? Cereal. Right. Cereal. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Would you have ever thought to have had country squares? What are country squares? You've had them. I guarantee you have. Just what under a they? different name. Post country squares was promoted before Pop-Tarts. The guy was working for Post. He invented country squares, basically Pop-Tarts. Post made the screw-up of advertising their country squares before they were ready to hit the shelves. And the good folks at Kellogg's went, Oh, yeah. Can we do this faster? Can we get it out before them? 
because there was nothing proprietary. And they went, sure we can. So they hired this guy, comes in, creates, recreates country squares, decides that like they can't obviously call it country squares. Pop-tarts. But, you know, because, yeah, they pop up. But that's that's why I thought they were called Pop-Tarts, right? Because they it's fun and they pop up under the toaster. Nay, nay. No. Oh, really? They were so named because at the time, Andy Warhol's pop art was really popular. Oh. So they wanted to buy into the whole Andy Warhol scene with the popularity of Pop-Tarts. So they actually went to Keebler to help them make Pop-Tarts. Oh, that's amazing. And then Poster's just like, well, fudge. <laughs> now what do we do? Because they can't put out their country squares after Pop-Tarts has been out there. And like Pop-Tarts has run wild. There's so many flavors that we do not get here up in Chili Beach, let me tell you. But like, I know, I know. There are so many flavors and it's it's impressive. There's a place nearby here. Uh, one of the markets where you can, where they sell the American flavors and you can buy them individually. And some of the flavors are kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but they're also a massive price, yeah, I yeah. would imagine. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a froffle? A what? A froffle. No, I Yes, can't. you have. Okay. You have had a froffle. What? Because Sorry, hang on, hang on. Are you saying froffle or fruffle? Froffle. Froffle. Okay. Froffle. Yes, you have had a froffle. You just know it by a different name. And pray tell, what is that name? Lego My Egos. Really? Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Frozen waffles. Froffle, frozen waffles. Froffle, yeah. It's hard to say. Froffle. But how did they come up with the name Ego? I hear you ask. Well, did you know that the Ego company existed before their frozen waffles? No. It no. was a mayonnaise. Your kid. That makes so much sense. Yeah, because mayonnaise is made from eggs, right? It was Eggo mayonnaise. Can you believe that? No. I never heard because it's not on the shelves now, right? So, like, this stuff just kind of blows my mind because Cheerios was number the one number one cereal, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, the the opposing companies wanted to have. A good cereal too. Of they, course, they were always Post and Kellogg's were always battling for number one. Yeah, right. Well, they made Fruit Loops, <laughs> and Fruit Loops became wildly popular. Yeah. And you know, going back to one of our previous episodes talking about mascots, of course, Toucan, Toucan Sam. Sam. Yeah, it, this is, and, and you know, Fruit Loops and uh, Frosted Flakes and Rice Krispies, and you know, they they all have these wonderful mascots, right? But Going back to post, they're just like, oh, man, mm, yeah, how do we, yeah, they got Fruit Loops. What do we got? Mm. Can I take a guess? Yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios. No. Really? No, because it has to be fruity. What did they do? The genius who screwed up the country squares <laughs> wants to redeem himself. And so he was sitting there going, how do we come up with a cereal that is going to appeal to the masses? Why reinvent the wheel? He took a bunch of leftover crumbles from cereal, made it all fruity. Fruity pebbles? Fruity pebbles. Yay! Oh my God. That's how fruity pebbles were born because they looked like pebbles. Now, of course, they wanted to sell this, right? And cartoon characters, Tony the Tiger, Toucan Sam, Diggum, the, the monsters, from, you know, they're, they're yeah. all big things, right? 
Why reinvent the wheel? Flintstones. They tied into the Flintstones. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about it? Ratings for the Flintstones at that point were starting to dip and Fruity Pebbles shot it up. Because you can now eat a bowl of Fruity Pebbles while watching the Flintstones. That's, you that's get your, good. You get your own little bit of bedrock. I feel like there's a there's a movie in there somewhere about a guy screwing up at a cereal uh, factory yeah. and then redeeming himself entirely. Yeah, and you know, like we, we just talked briefly about the monster cereals, right? There's, yeah. There's a new monster. Uh, it's a couple of years now, but I didn't know this. I mean, living up here in the wasteland that is the north... Uh, we don't get this stuff. There is a Carmella Creeper, female ghoul kind of okay. monster cereal. And, I, and, and what's I assume some, it's caramel. Yeah, I was going to say probably it's like caramel. some sort of caramel crunch. But yeah. I'm sitting there going, but whatever happened to the fruit brute? Bring him back. Bring him back. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah. New, new monster in the, in the works. And yeah. and uh, yeah, that's what's been keeping me busy. On that note, it's time for Nick's Pop Culture Roundup. All right, so before we get into it, San Diego Comic-Con just just finished up, and it there a lot of news dropped, and first and foremost, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something that I know you're going to like. There's a new comic series coming out, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, yeah. All right, so it was, a nurse, it was announced on the first day of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, the collaboration between DC... Legendary Comics and Toho International will be written by Brian Buccellato and with art from Christian Ducci and Louis Louis Guerrera. All <laughs> mainstays at DC now. They've worked on The Flash. They've worked on Batman. A whole bunch of different things. I am so excited for this. I have questions. So many questions. So from what I understand, the series starts with Superman. Just, sure. just enjoying a day off when... A rumble erupts through Metropolis as Godzilla comes up through Metropolis Bay, and it goes from there. I am I'm excited. <laughs> Honest to God, if this ever gets turned into a movie, I am there. You know, the the bat would have to sit there at some point. And go, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it already did. I mean, there's the Ultimate Showdown, of Ultimate Destiny. Which has Batman and Godzilla already in it. And Abraham Lincoln, but anyway. <laughs> I'll need to show you that at some point. I don't think you've seen that. No, I haven't seen what? that. No, I haven't seen that. All right. There's too much out there for me to find all the time. So that, that'll be, I believe, coming in the fall. Now, on to video game news. With cool, no, but before we go, this is, I, like I said, I have so many questions. I, is Godzilla technically a sea creature? Could Aquaman talk to him? That's a, Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There, there's There's going to be some kind of um multiversal rift so maybe not because he's from another universe oh okay well yeah. well you know super friends they went to other planets and in, in aquaman as long as they're in the water he can talk to them fair enough um so video game news mortal kombat the new mortal kombat game comes out very soon and they have announced three of the guests for the last couple renditions they've had playable guests you know freddy krueger mm -hmm. jason mm -hmm. the xenomorph rambo terminator and all that right so this new rendition is going to have homelander from the boys it's going to have omni-man from invincible and it's going to have peacemaker from the suicide squad and I am down for that. J.K. Simmons has been announced to be reprising the role of Omni-Man. And 
Considering how overpowered and violent Omni-Man is in Invincible, I can't wait to play as him. It's going to be amazing. J.K. Simmons is a great actor. Yes, he is. And I sometimes wonder when you have actors of that caliber, you know, like, are they sweet guys really when they're playing such... Because he plays, like, J. Jonah Jameson. He plays him perfectly. Yes, he does. You know, in Oz, he played that character purposely. Or per... per I can't talk. Perfectly? Perfectly. Yeah, there you go. You know, in... Uh, um, oh, the, the name of the movie is escaping me, where he won his Oscar with... Oh, uh, Miles the, Teller. The, the drummer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, the, he played that brilliantly, savagely. Yeah. So he's always played these kind of abusive characters really wonderfully... And the truth of the matter is, I bet you he's a sweet guy. Probably. Uh, when you watch him in Juno, uh, he plays the uh, Juno's dad, and he's really sweet in that. And I think yeah. that's probably a little bit closer or to the Or when you see thing. him in the the, the, the the farmer's insurance commercials. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be such a good game. Yeah. And, like, I enjoyed the last one. Honestly, strangely enough, one of my favorite characters to play in the last game was Rambo. It's just, see, he's so weird in it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Omni-Man versus Scorpion, I am there for it. And now on to some really exciting toy news. Well, exciting for me and other Transformers fans. Right. Nova Prime is finally getting a mainstream figure. There was a figure of Nova Prime years ago from the Collector's Club, but those are so hard to come by. This is a mainstream figure for the Legacy series. And I'm so excited. Nova Prime is a fantastic villain from the comics. Um, a complete and utter madman who believes that Transformers are superior to other other species. And just a really well-written villain. Last time I saw him was a snippet in the Transformers Demolition video game. And nothing came of that because there was no sequel. But I'm so excited for it. Are Transformers technically AI? Or are they a living being? They're living beings. That's, there's a whole lore behind it. There's a whole, like, that. that is a, that's an episode all into right. itself. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that one day. But, but, but that's really cool, though. I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, you and I have had this discussion about what makes a great villain a great villain. And yeah. I often think about Michael Keaton's turn as the vulture in um, Homecoming. Yeah. You know, where he's not out for world domination. He's not out for, um, you know, some sort of nobler purpose. He doesn't think he's superior to anybody else. He's just a working class guy who got screwed by the government and turned to basically crime to get his and feed his family. Oh, and, and there's the thing with Nova Prime. When you hear the name Prime, you think he's a good guy. Yeah, because he's Optimus not. Prime. He's not. Yeah. He's awful. But anyway, looking forward to it. The figure looks really, really, really good. Um... And continuing with the toy news, Mattel. Mattel. Mattel showed their entire hand with the WWE action figures this year. Oh? Oh my God. The amount of stuff that's coming out. And it didn't occur to me until I saw it. But next year, 2024, will be the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania. And Mattel came to play. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm getting old. Wow. Um, yeah. I, it's also my 40th anniversary. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a huge amount of new Hulk Hogan figures coming out. There is a three pack with um, a Hulkamania figure, an NWO figure, and a Hulk Still Rules figure. 
There's a four-pack with Hulk Hogan, Rocky Maivia, Stone Cold, and Becky Lynch. There is a Sugar Lips figure coming out from Rocky 3. There's an AWA Hulk Hogan. There's so many. Um, I am... Next year is going to be a good year to be a Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll have to dedicate one of our episodes next year to that. I That's going to have to be a thing, yeah. Because yeah. Hulk Hogan... Like, WWE's going to be all over that next year. Oh, yeah. With the, with the 40th anniversary. And, yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. Speaking of Mattel. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Mattel, that's one of our main topics today because there's a certain blonde out there who wears pink who is just burning up the cinemas right now. And she comes from Mattel. Yeah, yeah. So, Mattel. So, Mattel has been huge for years. You've got, for me, it's always been Mattel and Hasbro are to each other what Pepsi and Coke are to each other, right. what Ford and GM are to each other, what Burger King and McDonald's are to yeah, each other, yeah. right? Both huge toy companies worldwide. And if it's not Hasbro or Mattel in other countries, they have subsidiaries yeah. in other but countries. But you know what's interesting about that is when I think about the two toy companies, when I think about Hasbro, I think about board games. When I think about Mattel, I think about dolls, particularly yeah. Barbie. Yeah. But as where both companies exist, they have, they have, both companies have dolls. Both companies have action figures. Both companies have board games. Scrabble is Mattel. Yeah. It's, it's really neat how they intersect, intersect with each other. Actually, strangely enough, something that I found out is in the late 2010s, Hasbro was going to acquire Mattel, but that fell apart. Again, yeah. that's a whole other thing. So when did Mattel start? I um, mean, it's Mattel, been around a long time. Uh, Mattel has been at the forefront of innovation since the 40s. The forefront of innovation. Toy innovation. <laughs> 1945. Uh, it was started by Harold Matson and Elliot and Ruth Handler. Matt Mattel is actually a portmanteau of Matt right. Sin and L. Yeah, right. Mattel. Mattel, sure. Matt and Elliot. So, yeah, that's where it comes from. They started in a garage like most other toy companies honestly do. Yeah. And it was actually Ruth Handler, Elliot's wife, that created Barbie. And it was Barbie that really put them on the map. Yeah, I know. Because you know what was really interesting about her creating Barbie is that the doll, the Barbie doll, which has become iconic, was actually just incidental. Because the whole point was that she had a fashion background and yep. she wanted to sell the clothes. Exactly. Barbie was just the mannequin for which to sell all the attire. Now, Mattel has had a lot of some of the most memorable and endearing and enduring toy lines over the years whether it be in-house creations or licensed stuff like they're in like the list of in-house creations that has gone on to become a part of the pop culture pantheon yeah is huge um you have stuff like obviously barbie masters of the universe big jim american girl Polly pocket hot wheels the magic eight ball like it the list literally goes on and on uh apples to apples um and even more recently, Monster High. Yeah. Like, the, the list of stuff that... And I, that's not even scratching the surface. Yeah. The the list of stuff that Mattel has brought to the public over the last several decades is huge and continues to grow. Well, let's stop for a minute and talk about Big Jim. Because, right. obviously, people of my generation, particularly boys, are going to know about Big Jim. Yeah. But I don't know that 
the entire listening audience, our entire alien species out there is going to know about Big Jim. Yeah, you're right. Like, I didn't find out about Big Jim until I started doing, looking into toy history. Right. And it really shocked me that it existed. Um, and and let, let me tell you, there was nothing more fun than getting some Big Jim stuff as a, as a boy. You know, Christmas, like, when we got the Big Jim rescue rig, that was everything. That was life. It was one of my favorite toys in the 70s. I like looking, like, again, I've looked through some of it, and some of the, the toy sets that I had looked massive in comparison to some of the stuff that I had. And the, like, the idea of it is it was a Barbie-sized action figure. Yeah. And he came with these massive trucks and helicopter rescue cars. Yeah, Big Jim was basically Barbie for boys. Yeah. And he even had, like, different clothes and stuff. Which, yeah. Um, and, and let me tell you, just personal anecdote, let me tell you, because there was a lot of girls in my neighborhood when I was growing up, I had Big Jim in the rescue rig. They had their Barbies. Aliens, I'm here to tell you, Barbie got into so many messes growing up <laughs> that she needed to be rescued from. Car accidents going over the cliff, <laughs> fires in the Malibu Dream House. I'm telling you, it was... Barbie in trouble and Big Jim to the rescue. That's that's how we we managed that little bit of growing up. So, and what I what I noticed with Big Jim is there's definitely a kind of congruency with Big Jim and some of the the popular TV shows that were on. Yeah. In the in the 70s, like the obviously the big truck is a riff on uh, BJ and the Bear and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um it it it's interesting to watch it, uh, like if you watch the history of it, it starts in the, in the early 70s and kind of peters out in the early 80s when all of the action figures go to the, the four-inch size, right? Yeah, and I'll be honest, I didn't even know that Big Jim lasted into the 80s. I yeah. thought it was just like a 70s thing and kind of disappeared because it was hard to find at, yeah. after a certain while. I mean, initially it was everywhere. It was, you know, they got this Big Jim doll, then we got clothes. My parents was this is easy, Christmas, birthdays, Big Jim. Then Star Wars comes out. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that I think that's kind of what, because even G.I. Joe struggled in the 70s with toys like that. Yeah. Going up against toys like that. Now, didn't you find in doing our yeah. research that Big Jim actually started off as a, like a G.I. Joe was, type character? It was essentially Mattel's answer to G.I. Yeah. Joe. Because Hasbro had G.I. Joe and it had all the clothes and the war stuff and all that. Well, Mattel went, well, we need this. We need something like this. So instead of but instead of making him a soldier, they make him an adventurer. Yeah, because there's like that whole GI Joe situation prior to the GI Joe with Cobra Commander and all those sort of yeah. things that we know, where they were huge dolls, yeah. you know, um, and and had very a very different aesthetic, very different characters. Yeah, and that's that's another reason uh, when you think about it. That's why um, Mattel went with the adventurer character. Because there was such a um, bad outlook on G.I. Joe during Vietnam. Right. And that really hurt Hasbro as far as that went. Which, fair. But, yeah, so they, they made this adventure character as kind of their answer to. And the character just kind of endured for about 12 or 13 yeah, years. Yeah, and it was a smart move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this adventure, I mean, because here's the thing. Like Barbie taught girls now let me let me backtrack here there's this big debate going on about the feminist movement with barbie and not Barbie, yeah, yeah. right 
about what she represents, what she doesn't represent. What was interesting is in doing our research, I listened to um, an interview uh, with this woman who is basically a feminist and a feminist writer. And she wrote a book about Barbie. And people like you wrote a book about Barbie, you, this huge feminist writer and everything. She said, you have to understand, Barbie is an inanimate object. She represents nothing. She only represents what you ascribe to it. You know, and she said, and as far as that goes, she has been at the forefront of being an astronaut. She's been a doctor. She's been a nurse. She has been a teacher. She has been all these things. So what she actually does represent is the fact that girls can grow up to be anything they want to be. And it was the same kind of aesthetic with Big Jim, because Big Jim had the rescue rig. There was the fire department. There was, you know, all these different clothes. There was medical things. So in a way, Big Jim did the same thing for boys. Now, the only reason um, I, okay, this is, this is my belief. I, I can't say this for sure, but I do think that the only reason Big Jim didn't continue into a smaller line is because Mattel already had Masters of the Universe. You're right. So why create another line to compete with itself? I, I also think that there's probably some bottom line stuff there. Probably, right? yeah. Because um, hopefully society's different now. Little boys in that era, oh, playing with dolls versus playing with an action figure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So th there's some kind of societal pressure in there, I would think. To a certain degree. But what was interesting is what you found out about how Big Jim was packaged down in like South America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Big Jim was packaged as 007. James Bond. Yeah, and and that's, a, that, that's a really neat thing. Like sometimes toys will go into international markets as something completely different. Like Hasbro, Hasbro I've seen it with Hasbro where they send transformers overseas <laughs> and they're packaged by their subsidiary overseas as something completely different so they did this with big jim and they packaged them in south america as james bond agent 007 literally nothing else was changed about the doll nothing the, none of the clothes were changed nothing just the package was changed to a logo with 007 on it and i'm just like <laughs> oh my why I'm, sur um, I'm surprised it didn't go to Scotland as Big Man Jim. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if big if Big, big Man, Man Jim, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know if Big Jim was in Scotland because if he was, I don't think he endured the way that he did in North America. I, I don't know that he was, but I mean, just because you mentioned the 007, of course, Sean Connery from Scotland played the first 007. Well, I just, it's just that whole idea about that uh, sketch comedy that you showed me from Scotland. Oh like, yeah, and Alex. Big man Jimmy. <laughs> no, if, if, if it was if it was gonna be if it was gonna be um, Big Jim in Scotland, it would actually be Big Tam. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but like and some of the stuff out there that Mattel's done, I didn't even realize was Mattel. Like I didn't even realize Creepy Crawlers was Mattel. I didn't realize the Magic Eight Ball was Mattel. Yeah, because you know it's interesting that you're mentioning that because like. Now that I think about it, you don't necessarily look, is it Mattel, is it Hasbro, is it whatever, right? You just sit there and go, I'm looking for monopolies, for instance. I'm yeah. looking for Barbie, for instance. I'm looking for this. And you don't care who makes it. You just grab it. Yeah. Uh, another one was Rock'em Sock'em Robots, both, both the original oh, version and the new version. I had that. Um, another one, uh, and this has always been on my periphery because 
it's never it doesn't have the presence in Canada that it does in the states. Uh, and Ren and I were talking about it just before, but the American Girl series. Exactly, I got that look. You've got that look on your face. You have well, no idea what you're. I'm talking of about. Of course, for two reasons: one, I'm Canadian, and two, uh, I I I'm a male of that generation. That you know. I'm, so tell me about this. Uh, tell tell us about this American Girl series. So the American Girls uh, started as a doll series put out by the Pleasant Company in May of '86. And it was basically um, dolls that had different looks to them. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, they came out with ones that were made to look like the customers that could buy them. So they had different hair and different face structures and um, skin tones and everything. But it also had a set of books that came with it. And when did they come out again? Um, so they started in 1986. Okay. The, a lot of the books were written for, it was written for girls that were at least eight years old. They were written in between the 80s and the 90s. And they had different historical characters. So, like, for example, they had my, one, the one that I absolutely adored when I was younger was Felicity. She's from Williamsburg, Virginia, and was part of the Revolutionary War. Cool. And I was super into that at that time. But, so they had, like, the Revolutionary Nerd. War... Yeah, they had the Revolutionary War, they did World War II, they did World War One. they did the Great Depression, and it was basically books that told the stories about these girls. They were, like, young, and basically the stuff they went through. So some of the stuff, the topics were, like, child labor, poverty, racism, uh, slavery, war, and how they dealt with it. And, like, this is the thing. I only know about American Girl dolls because of uh, lo looking through toy history, right? Yeah. But, the pr like, these things have a huge presence in the States. But they're not known here. At least so, not wholly. Well. It, it's mostly because it was only American history. Right? I know. Yeah. But, yeah, like, so you could go and you could get, I guess they're called Truly Me dolls now. But they have, they're designed to look like the kid who buys them. Right. But the problem is with these dolls, the books may have been affordable but the dolls were easily 115 dollars you could easily like if you got oh old, and they all had different outfits right so they had lots of different outfits for the different eras and all the dolls were the same size so you can interchange them and everything but i saw one thing it's like you could go into the store spend 600 bucks and that's on a doll in two outfits my gosh um i only know of one friend when i was younger who had one and it was like the big deal of the neighborhood that she had an American Girl doll. Did she carry it around like lost gold? Like yeah, well, we didn't realize, a Fabergé egg. We knew that they were expensive, but we didn't realize how expensive they were. Yeah, because like yeah, I never got one, and I really really wanted it. But I read at least two or three of the series, and it was like the thing to get was this doll yeah. that either was one of the characters or the ones that looked like you. They have entire stores and you could buy them online. And so I remember looking online when, you know, I first got the internet and stuff. I guess that's, that's really kind of my only problem with toys is how expensive they are. Yeah. These were really, really well made, though. Like, yeah. Um, no, I, I get that. It's just, uh, you know, a toy is there to listen to me sounding all like Santa Claus. A toy is there to bring a child happiness. What good is a toy if it's not played with? Exactly. It was, I mean, we played with it. We did all kinds of 
we didn't treat them like Barbies, but we still, you know, played I'm, with it. But I mean, as a man in my 40s, I can attest to that. But anyway, <laughs> um, another thing with the American Girls, like there's an entire movie series uh, done by Hallmark on them. Like, yeah, it's, and apparently in yeah. February of 2019, Mattel Films and MGM released that they were going to do a bunch of live action movies based on the dolls. Yeah. And their storylines, like the plots, because they had a lot. Long... Are they still around, or was it just yeah. that? Hmm. They're mostly. I guess they're still coming out with the characters. Okay. Well, but, interesting. That, yeah, that's really interesting. Definitely an American thing. Yeah, I, I would I would think so, but because yeah. I've never heard of it. I, I thought it was a neat little anomaly in pop culture to have something and again, it's huge in the States. It it's such a, a big pop cultural thing in the States, but not present anywhere else, which is kinda weird for the States because <laughs> everything kind of leaks out of the States. Well, yeah, not listen. Listen, as we when we started talking about pop tarts and all the different flavors and the Reese's peanut butter cup pop tarts that like here you can get strawberry, you can get raspberry, you can get chocolate. That's about it. Ho, 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 ho. Did you say Reese's peanut butter we've lost, pop tarts? We, we've lost Nick Aliens. He's he's drooling like Homer Simpson now. I'll send you a picture next time I go back to but I mean, like this is this is the thing because here in Canada, I sometimes feel like the poor relation or neighbor looking over the fence, going, "Why do you have so much and we have so little?" Yep. <laughs> uh, the land of plenty truly is. Uh, well, listen, this there's a reason America has an obesity problem. Wow, this is it. That, that is not news. That is not news. That is not a slam for all because of all the tasty pop tart options. Oh, it's just it's not just that. It's 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 everything. Like it's, it, but the the thing is, it's hard because now that we can online shop, my friend Marketa in Philadelphia, she sits there and she says, "Why don't you just order it online?" I said, "Because you don't understand. For you, it's ten dollars and you have free shipping anywhere in America. Mm-hmm. In Canada, it's." Ten dollars plus the exchange rate, so that makes it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hyperbolic. Fifteen. Yeah. You know, and then there's the shipping cost, which is as much as the thing, if not more. If not more. So your just ten dollar item is a just thirty dollar item for me. So no, that doesn't work. It's hard to find places because I swear, if I could find where to buy tasty cakes online, I'd have them all the time. Yeah. But I can't find them online. <laughs> Oh my! See, that, that's a nice thing. I can at least find the British snacks that I liked as a kid in Walmart now. So whatever, <laughs> I'm happy. But going going back to Mattel, one of the things I found, like I knew about this growing up because it, Barbie advertisements were on television all the time. She's been I the watched, it girl since she came out. I've like watching Saturday morning cartoons. You had Transformers ad. You had. Um, ads for creepy crawlers and of course ads for Barbie. Yeah, and and the Easy Bake Oven and all that kind of great stuff. Yeah. And all the, the really neat thing was watching all of the Barbie dolls that would come and go on the ads, like some yeah. of the really weird ones. So I compiled a small list of Barbie dolls that have kind of come and gone. All right, let's now do it. before I get into this, um, Midge is on the list, but it's a specific version of Midge. So do you want to? Just give the, uh, the the listeners a little idea on who Midge is. Uh, Barbie's little sister. Midge is actually Barbie's best friend. Oh, Barbie's best friend. Yeah. It's Kelly who's her sister. Yeah, Kelly's the yeah, sister. Sorry. Who has... Midge is Barbie's best friend. 
Hunt Kelly has come and Next gone. Next to Ken. Come and gone, come and gone <laughs> all throughout the years. Midge was actually released alongside Alan so that uh, Midge was the more <laughs> normal best best friend who the Wait girls could... Who the blankety-blank is Alan? <laughs> exactly. And, and he's on my list. Is he, so, is he Ken's homie? Is there a secret that we don't know between Ken and Alan? And that's why he's been swept under the rug? Yeah, wait till I tell you about magic hearing Ken. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, I've lost it. Okay. I, I, I derailed Midge, Midge, train of thought. Midge and Alan were designed so that Barbie and Ken could go out on double dates with their best friend. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So getting into it. Alan was Ken's best friend, and that was the hook. He could go on a double date with Midge, Barbie, and Ken, and <laughs> Ken and Alan could swap clothes. So that was the selling point. <laughs> so, so in true fashion, uh, literally fashion. So, in, in true fashion, Midge and Alan got married and went off and got fat somewhere and just didn't have time to hang out with Ken and Barbie anymore. I love himbo characters. Himbo. <laughs> more, on, more on that in a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you about Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. Tanner is Barbie's dog, released in the early 2000s. And guess what his gimmick was? Oh, I remember she had a dog. I forgot about that. Yeah. What was his gimmick? Peed. No, he pooed. Oh, that's oh, what it gross! Was. And oh, the, the gross! Re the reason, well, I, so oh. <laughs> so this is like scoop the dog poo, Barbie. Like, what? honestly, yes, that it came that's with a it came with a dog scoop with little magnets in it. And the problem, <laughs> the reason it was taken off the shelves is because the magnets would come loose and become a a swallowing a, a choking, choking hazard. hazard. Yeah, because every kid wants to eat dog poop. What are they? Divine and pink flamingos. I mean, I'm, I'm, go I'm going to be. Oh my god, why? <laughs> because it happened, and it's pop culture. You're be, welcome, children. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. There is a um, a certain point in time in the early 2000s where toy companies were kind of obsessed with pooping dolls. So it, this this is an ongoing dude, thing. Look, it, that's been going on forever. Baby wetums. Like, yeah, fair enough. Fair you, enough. you can feed the baby and then change the baby just like mommy does. So, um, unfortunately, Tanner went to the kennel in the sky. Oh, he crossed the rainbow bridge? Yeah. <laughs> so, going back to Midge. And if you have a Tanner, he's worth $500 now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he might, if he's in package, he might be. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, right. speaking of which, there is a... Ken and Barbie Adams family set. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, it's, the price isn't fantastic if you I want to get it, but uh, it is. It, I saw I, that. I do. I want it. I do have a memorable, or sorry, a uh, honorable mention from the collectors series in just a moment. But going back to Midge, Midge got pregnant. See what I tell you? Uh, Midge got re <laughs> got released. As part of the Happy Family Pack. Now, the idea was that the Happy Family Pack was Midge with two kids. One was a three-year-old, and then the other one was inside her belly. That You could open up her belly, and then the child was born. But Alan was sold separately. So oh. this is the early 90s. Oh, wow. This is the early 90s. Oh, so wow. The, <laughs> the, the, the optics on this is that Midge was sold was sold separate with two children. She looked like a single mother. 
the, the parents weren't happy about that, John. <laughs> Gee, I, I can't imagine why. Oh, so she got pulled. So deadbeat, deadbeat dad uh, Alan was somewhere over there. Yeah. He, he came with, 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 with a support check or something. Like, here, here's the thing. if you look, uh, It's not so much this way now, but when you look at the toy aisles back in the 90s, Ken had his own section next to Barbie. So I imagine Alan was off in the Ken section while Midge was over there raising the babies by herself. Um, Having fun with the boys while while he leaves the wife and, at home. And you know what the the interesting thing too is like they never did this with Barbie. It was always Kelly, her little yeah. sister, or it was uh, Midge, her best friend. Barbie get pregnant? No. But there is a reason for that though. Barbie's the, the unattainable dream girl. She's the the girl that everybody wants to be. So they made other characters so that girls can relate to those characters. Yeah, and see, and I think that that's kind of where that mistake was kind of made, honestly, because. As I alluded to about the feminist issue, right? That's what this author said, is that Barbie actually is the ultimate feminist because you have all of these choices, right? So why would they not continue that and have the choice be, yes, it's perfectly okay to be a mother. There you go. So before we get into my kicker here. Your kick? Oh, the, oh, oh it gets better? I wanna, I'm going to go over my, uh, my honorable mention. From the Barbie Collectors Club. This doll cost $80. It was Malibu Beach Sugar Daddy Ken. It was called that? It was called that. And man, he looked like a sugar daddy. He, even, he, like, he had the suit. He's, he's, got, he's got like the silver fox thing going on. Oh. And he's got... <laughs> I, I am doing... Have... Aliens, I'm doing a face palm. He's... I am rubbing my temples. Sugar Daddy Ken. Oh my God. Malibu Beach. Malibu Sh Beach Sugar Ken. Daddy Ken. Anyway, and he's also got a little... He comes with a little dog on a leash. A little white dog on a leash. It's like... <laughs> who thought of this? Anyway... That was for the the adult collectors, though. Yeah. To do, be fair, do you know on uh, one of those home renovation shows, they've got this home renovation show going on. They're actually building the Malibu Dream House. Oh my these, these god! Different, yes. Yeah. On Discovery Plus. Yeah. Yes. It's so cool. I'm gonna watch it. It's so cool. I so, mean, th th that's that's what I mean. This is the the extent. Like, we're, yeah, we're talking about Mattel in general, but this honestly is the extent of Barbie. Like, yeah. Next to Mickey Mouse, this is her world. Honestly, yeah. Like she she has become. She's more than the, the, the sum of her parts. She is a legitimate pop culture yeah, icon. Yeah, and because Big Jim was from Mattel, he's basically in that Barbie-verse. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, with the way toy companies have gone, I'm surprised they haven't brought Big Jim back in some fashion. But anyway. Mm, so nobody would know who he was, though. Moving on to my kicker. Okay, your kicker. Earring Magic Ken. Earring Magic Ken. In the early 90s, Mattel surveyed the people. Well, the small people. Kids. <laughs> the verdict? Ken just wasn't cool enough. So they released the Earring Magic Ken. He came with an earring. And hey, Listen, it was the style in the 90s, let me tell you. Oh, but no, 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 no. The clothing? And I, 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 I fleshed this out with Rand so I can say this. He was so queer-coded, it upset the parents of the early 90s, and he found himself yeeted into the annals of long lost toys. He came with a lavender mesh shirt, a leather vest, and the tightest pair of jeans you will ever see. Okay, so <clears throat> either one of two things happened. Either the person in charge of this was over the top flaming, <laughs> flaming 
You know, and I'm not, I'm not, this is, <clears throat> listen, caveat, disclaimer, not an insult. As you know, alien or galien, you're welcome here. So he was either over the top flaming mm -hmm. or over the top out of touch. <laughs> I think, I think the, honestly, I, because this is the early 90s, right? So there's 91, 92. I yeah, think. yeah. I think somebody got the wrong impression from New Kids on the Block and just ran with it. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly think that. Well, you know, uh, you could be right. I think that, you know, the problem is that executives are older people. Yeah. They don't know. They don't, well, this is popular. Be like, like uh, uh, the, the K-pop guys, the guys that are really BTS. Huge. BTS. I, I, I had it right, but I was, I doubted myself. Never doubt yourself, children. Uh, so BTS is wildly popular right now. And yet I haven't seen BTS dolls. Like I saw dolls from like Spice Girls and, uh, Backstreet Boys and stuff. Uh, they, they must be there. I oh, they're think. there. They they're must there. be. They're but there. why am I not seeing them? I don't know. Like, cause it, when I mean, we, it might, it might just be a case of you're not recognizing them when you, when you walk past them. Cause they're there. I reckon, no, I recognize BTS. Mind you, I'm not in the doll section a whole lot, except when I'm shopping with you. But thanks, I think. Well, you're always going. You're always going yeah, off yeah, there. Yeah, Come yeah. on. So they're they're not there because I would notice them. Um, um. But then again, we live in the land of not plenty. The there are BTS dolls. Um, there has to be. There would oh, have there, to be. There are. Uh, a couple years ago, um, one of the WalMarts nearby, another one here here in town, but one next town over, they had a huge, giant display of BTS do uh, yeah. dolls massive because that's that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking that they're probably an executive at the time sat there and went well look these boy bands are really popular let's yeah. emulate them yeah exactly so then why why put out magic earring ken and not boy band ken and alan and <laughs> oh my god that oh wow i mean they did it with the turtles they actually did a a, a band like uh it, 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 there was this school bus that they had and they like leo played the the guitar Raphael played the drums so on and so forth um, but that actually would have been kind of cool if they had like the, the boy band Ken dolls. Yeah. That's yeah. actually kind of a neat idea. I'm surprised they didn't do that. There was no boy band Ken and Alan because they had the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys dolls. Why try to compete with them? That's true. And those, yeah. those I believe, I, I know the, I know the new kid on the, new kids on the block toys were put up by Mattel. I think the Backstreet Boys ones were as well. So Kids yeah, didn't care though. It was insane doll. Why would they want Ken as a boy band when they? And when you got Justin Timberlake, and you know Ken, Ken has never gotten the respect he deserves because uh, Ryan Gosling was on um, Jimmy Fallon the other night, right? And he's talking about his role in the cinematic adventure and how Gerda Gerwig approached him about it, and so he showed Gerda Gerwig this picture from his backyard with his children. Ken is laying face down in the mud next to a squashed lemon. And he says to her, I will be your Ken. <laughs> Ken has zero street cred. The yep. poor guy. He only exists for the simple reason that Barbie doesn't roam you know what i mean she is loyal to that man <laughs> there are there, there has been um God, there was a surfer i remember him being advertised in the 90s 
and he was supposed to be Barbie's cool new boyfriend. Didn't fly. No, no, no. he surfed. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm the one that does the dad jokes around here. Uh, you set that up perfectly. I did. Props. <laughs> Fist bump. Yeah. Bro's here. <laughs> so, looking at Mattel as a whole, though, lots of iconic characters. Yeah. Tons of iconic characters. Um, one of my favorites of all time from Mattel was He-Man. I love He-Man. Um, I loved watching the original cartoon, which, of course, as I've mentioned multiple times before, was made to sell the toys. Well, yeah, but in the 80s, that's how it all started. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was all about toy. And then it, it just even got worse in the the 80s, you know, because yeah. they, or the 90s, pardon me, because you start taking hits like Beetlejuice and the Ghostbusters to make the real Ghostbusters, make the Beetlejuice cartoon, then you make a whole bunch of toys surrounding it. Exactly. Um, Masters of the Universe, though, was so, it was such an expansive thing. And the, the thing that was the real kicker for that series, it had fantastic looking villains. Yeah. The villains were amazing. And not just the He-Man villains, but the She-Ra villains as well. Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite villains is actually from She-Ra, and that's Leech Man. Because he's just a, he's a giant leech. And he squirted water, and he had suckers on his hands. Yeah, I, it was awesome. I don't know as much about She-Ra, but wasn't her like main villain, her like Skeletor equivalent, wasn't he like some sort of vampire-looking like dude? So, within the lore, um, Hordak. Hordak, yes. He was the one... He was Skeletor's mentor. Ooh. So that that's kind of the thing that ties them in right. there. Well, they're in the, they're they're both on they're Eternia, bo right? No, no, no. Um, Shira's on another planet. So she Shira is, uh, uh, He Man's sister. Yeah, but she, I remember that she was uh yeeted off to another planet when she was a baby, and because they only wanted the man child to remain on Eternia and rule. Basically. No, no, it was, she was kidnapped or something. I can't oh, okay. quite remember the right. lore behind it, but anyway. Younger um, sister? Uh, I think twins. Twins. Oh, that yeah. makes more sense. But yeah, really fantastic villains. Eh, the She-Ra heroes are a little, are a little bit to be desired, but um, He-Man he always had, like, Orko, as far as his heroes go, Orko, Mechanic, Man-in-Arms, Man yeah. Arms, yep. Um, Battle Cat. Yeah. God, I love my Battle Cat figure. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, seriously, that is just the coolest thing ever. And I don't care that it's a simple repaint, but Panthor, Skeleton, Ske yeah. Skeletor's cat, fantastic. Love that thing, Listen, too. next next to Star Wars, you have your G.I. Joe. Transformers wasn't my thing, right? And uh, G.I. Joe, this all came a little bit later, but Masters of the Universe came kind of on the heels of Star Wars when I was still into toys, right? Yeah. So they they were cool. Those Masters of the Universe figures were really cool. Yeah, uh, highly unattainable body image wise, but well, yeah, really no cool. Um, if if honestly, if someone had He Man's body, that dude would topple over because he'd be so top heavy, tiny little legs. No, the legs are tiny. Chest. Look at look at him. Those legs are are tree trunks, man. But the really neat thing about Masters of the Universe is that they weren't expensive. No, even the playsets. Castle Grayskull was still in impulse buy range. Yeah, and I I had Castle Grayskull, and I loved Castle Grayskull. It was amazing. <laughs> like the amount of these figures I had was ridiculous. Well, you know, I, the interesting thing is too because so, like some of these figures, you look at other things where there's movie tie-ins, right? Mm -hmm. 
and it didn't do well. Obviously, because of Star Wars, Paramount went, what do we got? Hey, Star Trek, fantastic. So then they put out all these Star Trek toys. Now, that's, flopped. that's interesting. Uh, Clash of the Titans. Bunch of Clash of the Titans toys. Yep. Flopped. I had them, but they weren't exactly home runs. No. Like, for Star Trek figures, nowadays, Star Trek figures are made mostly to appeal to collectors. Yeah. Like, there's, there, there are lines that are kind of simpler lines, but they're still made to appeal to collectors. Well, see, and I think that that was one of the problems, right? What they didn't realize is that Star Wars has more of a family-friendly, childlike quality to yeah. it, right? It's this wonderful adventure. I'm not saying it's for kids, but there is that appeal to kids. Star Trek has always been more adult concept. Well, and, and there's the thing. Like, with Star Wars toys, you can recreate scenes like... Luke battling Darth yeah. Vader. With Deep Space Nine toys, you, no kid wants to recreate the scene where, oh. where Cisco is talking to himself about whether it's yeah. right to kill someone. I'm not even man. talking about that. I'm going back to Star Trek. The I know, Motion I know. Picture, I'm, just, right? I'm being hyperbolic. So, like, what are you going to do? You're going to take that little Spock figure and it's like, okay, put on some colored flashlights and move him through here as he's having this existential crisis with Viger as he's trying to mind meld with a satellite. I always made my data toy play with my Toby from Thomas the Tank Engine toy. <laughs> like, that's what I did with them. But. Oh, what? listen, listen with, with my Star Wars figures, I, they weren't even the characters. They were like me on an adventure. Yep. I had Geordi LaForge. And the first thing I did with Geordi LaForge, I ripped his visors off because I wanted to see what his eyes looked like. <laughs> so you broke your toy. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Well, aliens, that's all the time we have for this episode of Area 51 and a Half. Nick, reminder, aliens, how they can get a hold of us. Uh, well, you can find us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and whatever Elon Musk is calling Twitter nowadays, at the Area 51H. You can search for us on Facebook for um, using Area 51 and a Half. And, of course, check us out on YouTube and our Patreon. Aliens, we have made a very important decision here at Area 51 and a Half. And it has to do with the fact that it is summertime. We've been going at this for two seasons now, haven't we, Nick? We have. And it's been an absolute joy. Don't worry, we're coming back in September, but we have decided that we're going to take the rest of the summer off and enjoy ourselves. Take a nice little break. I'm sorry to our number one alien, Don. This may cost my marriage. I don't know. Oh, geez. I, I, Andrew, I can finally go golfing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we need a little bit of a break. We do. Uh, and we'll we'll regroup and we're coming back at you in September where we've got all kinds of things that we will plan. And we need this time to plan. To, yeah, exactly. You know, to, to get things sort of up and running so that we have a, a great third season. Because we don't want to be guilty of like so many properties that have that third season slump. Yeah. Oh. Some... I, I don't want to be no third season chump. No, no, absolutely not. So, aliens, thank you for listening to us for the past two seasons. Uh, this is Spooky Uncle John signing off for... Snyderman 501, Nick Snyder. And our techno mage... Hi, Thank you for joining us on our landing pad, aliens, and we'll see you next season.